Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Well, today, listen, I'm joined by Sandy and our business director, self-made title, uh, from <laughs> our office, Michelle, and we're going to talk about something that, quite frankly, isn't sexy, but it is fundamentally sound and important to every practice, and I'm on a little bit of a crusade, okay? My crusade right now is I don't think the business of dentistry is that complicated, Honestly, I think for 95% of us, me included, sticking to some basic fundamentals will get your practice far, okay? Now, for some of us, we're trying to eke every little cent out of it and every little thing, and that's when some of the fancy stuff that we see online comes in. Uh, but today, I want to focus on the back door, okay? And the two areas in specific that I want to focus on in the back door, and that is recall patients and hygiene and treatment plan follow-ups. In other words, your patients that don't say yes to your treatment, and what are we doing with these people? And my message is crystal clear, Sandy. It is we don't necessarily need more new patients. The, the, where I believe practices need new patients is when they're marketing and trying to do niche services within their office, uh, like we're doing with implant sleep and aligner technology and stuff. That's when we need to, that's what we need to market, not general dentistry, because quite frankly, being on the plans should be more than enough. And then if we just plug the back door, we'd have more patients so we know what to do with. All right, what's your take on that, Sandy? I think you're 100% correct. But you're in my studio. You have to say that. Uh, no, no. You, I call it missed opportunities. Yeah. The practices, I haven't, I rarely see one without missed opportunities. And I get these phone calls from doctors and they say, Sandy, I need new patients. Or they say, my, my schedule is open. I have no one in there. And... I'm worried I'm going to go bankrupt. I mean, I hear these stories all the time. And are these like new startup practices? Not that necessarily. Are okay. No, but I just bought a practice. I okay. just bought a practice and I've been at it for six months. And then I asked, well, uh, can I ask you a question? What is your front office person doing? Oh, they're not here today. Um, okay. So yesterday, what was she doing? Was she making calls out? Uh, no, she doesn't like to make calls. Uh, and uh, yeah. So what, what is exactly is he or she doing? <laughs> well, I don't know. Hobby horsing. What she likes to do, maybe sitting there, maybe on the internet. But so I ask, the, one of the first things I ask is, I want you to go to your software. I want you to tell me how many people need a cleaning today. If we go back two years, let's go back three. And it's usually thousands. Usually thousands need to come in. And I don't think that's unusual for an average practice that's been in business for five or more years to have hundreds, if not thousands of patients that need a cleaning today. What do you think our number is, Michelle? Just guesstimate. 
Six, seven hundred? I would say we're probably close to a thousand. Okay. That need I a think, cleaning today. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a fair. That overdue. Yes. Yeah. I would say it's that. You know, I believe that number to be true. Um, and here's why is we're probably averaging what, 35 to 45 new patients a month. Is that a fair number? Mm-hmm. Okay. But yet our hygiene schedule hasn't necessarily grown in the last two years. So here we are bring and when I say new patient numbers, I don't count. I count comprehensive exams. Yes. Okay. So I'm not even counting the consults, the one-off patients we see for very specific services. I'm talking about true general dentistry patients. And so that means we've put eight, 900 new patients in our practice over the last two years, but yet our hygiene hasn't grown more than a couple of days a week, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that mathematically doesn't make sense. Right. Okay. But part of it is, is there's a few things here. It's uh Getting like not having a good recall process, okay. having the wrong recall process. But Sandy, there's so many people that tell so many, it's so confusing. It is, it is. So how do we simplify it? Well, okay. I have studied this for I, a long time. And I know time. you sell this information, you do consulting, you do seminars. In fact, that's why you're here. That's right. Okay. You were here doing a one day, what you call it? The scheduling Academy scheduling Academy. I sent Michelle and Tatiana from our office mm-hmm. and, uh, our first conversation, I, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place guys. So, um, our first conversation today was the neglected people in the office. And that's almost always the front office team. Michelle, how long have you been with us? A year and a half. And how many front office programs have you gone to? Today's the first. Today's the first, <laughs> right? And I'm a pretty progressive practice. Now, yeah. I will correct Michelle on a couple of things. Uh, we brought two people in. True. So we brought in Paul Homily to go through some uh, uh, verbiage and process there. And then we brought in a lady to go over phone sales skills specific to large implant cases. So we've done that. But that was things that I was, you know, bringing in. And then I honestly, this only happened because you happened to be here. Right. Right. And uh, so... Um, we're neglecting, and I'm a pretty progressive person with neglecting. Uh, we're, so so why, why is that happening? First off, the team doesn't know what to do. So there's, there's a few things happening. So the team, uh, have, they have good intentions, and they're uh, on board with whatever, but they don't know what to do. There's no formal training. So they are not sure. The doctor's busy in the back, not interested in what's going on up front, not every doctor, but a lot of them. Um, And then you even have people that have been in the office for a long time and and they haven't really been to CE. So they're not current and they're not reaching out. And for some reason, practices think that patients love coming and, and and they put things on automatic, but I've never seen a practice with patients lined up outside waiting to come in. Do you agree with what she said, Michelle? You think we have patients lined up? No, I'm talking about the fact that that you guys don't know what to take or any of that stuff. That's very fair. Um, I know when I started, you mentioned that, you know, if there's a course or anything you want to take. And I heard about these CEs that like the hygienists and the doctors needed to take every year. And so when I knew it was related to them, I thought that there was only clinical CEs, to be completely honest. Um, And as I started to dig a little bit deeper and I started to take a couple webinars here and there, I realized that, oh, there are CEs that are front admin and business office managers and things like that. They can also take that can help with the business side. So I have a couple of comments on this conversation. One is, and maybe this is wrong on my end, or maybe this is not wrong, wishful thinking on my end. My wishful thinking is that team members would on their own search out proper training or possibilities 
and present it to, to the, to the owner doctor and say, Hey, I think this will help our office. Okay. And we created it. We, I, at least I believe we created an environment where that's safe to do, but even then I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing it from a hygienist. I'm not seeing it from my assistants. It's really still me driving it, which drives me bonkers. Okay. And then that's to Michelle's point because she mentioned it. So I wanted to kind of give a jab there. Okay. Uh, and then to your point, Sandy, I think, I think I could say the tables are turned as well that you said, um, the word fear. I also have a fear of sending my team members to something and it being the total opposite of my culture. Or they quit. That's what I hear from doctors yeah. all the time. I don't have yeah. the right person to yeah. send, but then I ask, well, have you ever provided training? No. Well, maybe they're a great team member. You've just never told them how to do their job. You know, there's that meme I see, uh, like if I invest in somebody, maybe they'll leave. And and what if you don't invest somebody and they don't leave? Right, right. (laughs) It's cost you a lot of money. (laughs) I will say the front office person can pretty much uh, have a lot to do with the income of the doctor. Well, I think every team member Ultimately, I, all hygienists are important, you know, but front office, that's the first person they see, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. So we all agree with that. Okay. Yeah. So we, so my message to the listeners is don't forget your front office. Don't take them to clinical CE thinking that that's good enough. <laughs> Taking them to true CE built around team members uh, and, and let them shine and give them that opportunity, they need but, the tools. but also give, give them the power to make mistakes and find CEs. You're going to take CEs that are going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't take CEs that are bad, you're not taking any risks. Right. You know, I firmly believe that. So, all right. So we've, we've covered the neglected front office. Okay. That's honestly most of what you do. Correct. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D dentist digital implant continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants? but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Well, not really. I mean, what we do in, at Classic Practice is we work with all parts mm-hmm. of the office, about 42 different systems. Oklahoma's so we're, <laughs> Yeah. So we're, we work with the technical team. We work with hygiene. We um, work with But your with scheduling the academy is mainly around front office. For, yes, that, okay. that seminar is definitely, yeah. Michelle, was it a good day for you? 
I thought I really enjoyed it. Okay, Tatiana did good? She did. All right. So anybody listening, it's classic classic practice resources. Just Google Sandy Pardue, and uh, I want you to find the next Scheduling Academy and send your team members there. Okay. Absolutely. Do the doctors have to come? No, but it's good. No, of course it's good. It's good. It's always it's good. good. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. But let's say, like, I didn't come today. You right. Know, I got a lot of things going on. Blah blah blah. It's excuses. But uh, I, I think. It, don't not send your team members because the doctor can't go. That's right. Send them. And when they get back, at least sit down with the team and go over what was... Pre-schedule it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pre-schedule that time. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what me and Michelle are doing now with mm-hmm. you. It's that's for, right. Look, at the end of this podcast isn't a podcast, it's free consulting. Is that's it. it is, that's okay? it. All right. <laughs> so we've covered that. So talk to me, okay? So we're going to specific, and I want to hold you accountable to this, okay? We want to talk about recall and treatment plan follow-ups. Give me some realities and statistics that we should shoot for or that are happening in our practices, okay. whether we believe them or not. Okay. Well, the first thing when you're talking about recall is that you should ask the doctors listening, listeners, ask your team, like how many people do you think are due right now going into recall, talking about the process? They may say 30, 50. Uh, I was lecturing recently (laughs) and the doctor actually Uh, gave me a couple of practices that they owned, the, um, the numbers that were past due and the team were like 400, 600, Mm. but they were 2000 and 4,000 people do in those practices. So I think that would be a good way to address it with the team so that everybody now sees the need to really investigate. So here's the problem with recall. What's happening with recall is the patient's coming in and they're getting processed. And many times patients are pre-scheduled for that next hygiene appointment and they, the patient has no intention of even keeping it. So not every person should be pre-scheduled. I think about 80%. 80 So that's a good number. So when you say pre-scheduled, what you're referring to is, hey, I came in for a cleaning today. I should walk out of the office. 80% of the time, your patient should walk out of the office with the next recall schedule. Exactly. That's right. So these are the people that are not repeat offenders with broken appointments, that they're, they have a good uh, accounts, you know, they're not past due. I mean, there's all kinds of things that before you give someone that precious appointment time, you have to take it really into consideration. So I'm not going to say 100% because if you, if listeners look at right now, if they look at the number of, of people that are breaking appointments that were pre-scheduled, I think they might see that a lot of their broken appointments and hygiene are coming from people that shouldn't have been pre-scheduled. Right. So, now, so most of your most of your companies that sell automated statistic services software, they're going to tell you that it should be higher than that. But, no, but 80, listen, I got I got big time problems with these cockamamie numbers that people put out there. It yeah. makes me, it makes me feel like garbage. Because right. I'm, not, I'm not hitting any of those numbers. Right. Okay. You, I like to look at results. Everything yeah. I talk about is from results. I've worked with over 600 dental practices. And in that time, I've been keeping statistics before it was cool to keep stats. <laughs> and so, Well, you know, I'm just pulling it up on my phone. And just to kind of give you an idea, is our hygiene pre-appointment rate, read that number for it's me. It's 58.1%. And, and we're a good practice. Yes. I mean, we're probably a practice that's looked up to. In the profession. And so the, yeah, absolutely. And the first thing I'd see in that number. So I'd be curious to see your broken appointment number for your hygiene, because I bet it's lower than average. 
because you're, we're not, we're you not guys scheduling. are being careful right. on who you schedule. Well, I would, well. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> we try. <laughs> we we try our best. Maybe the hygienist kind of need, you know, you can work with the hygienist. Now, yes. let me, let, let's, go, let's go to our clarity on this, okay? I believe that oftentimes what we were doing in the past, and maybe it's happening now, is we would schedule a patient for treatment with a doctor schedule and then say, well, we'll schedule for recall then. I think no matter what, the patient should walk out with an appointment for the recall, even if they have a doctor appointment or whatever it is scheduled as well. Yes, correct? if they're leaving hygiene, they absolutely should. Yeah, because, yep. because this other statistic I see is 74% of my patients are leaving with appointment for something. Yeah. But 58% are leaving with an appointment for uh, hygiene recall. Yeah. So that tells me that we're putting people on the doctor schedule without, uh, without giving them a current recall. Yep. And what's happening though, like where are the people that aren't pre-scheduling? So where are they? So many times these automated systems mm -hmm. that do your recall, they quit working it after 18 months and some mm -hmm. after a year. So you have to make sure all the listeners need to say, okay, if I'm using this one or that one, when are they, yeah, when what do is they it? stop yeah. communicating with the patient? Because I think that average person out there, all of the, our prospective patients, a year goes quickly. Yeah. And sometimes they go check out another office and maybe they would like to come back to you. So I, I say, as long as blood's flowing through their veins <laughs> and they didn't call and say, I'm never coming back they're they consider you their dentist. Okay. So if I gave my team members a list or some automated system gave us a list, I'm assuming you would start with the most recent and then work back to the older ones. Well, the, what, what I do is I have, I have a reactivation project that I've been doing for many years that's yeah. still very effective. And so what happens is when you communicate with your patients, you communicate text, email, phone, and you should also send for a reactivation project, an old-fashioned physical card. And I'll it's tell like you why. Like a postcard. Yes, I'm going to tell you why. Not every form of communication is going to be effective with every patient. So when you do this, you're bound to kind of get them like to actually take a step to call. So we've found with our reactivation project, which I gave Michelle a copy. Mm -hmm. So it, it works like this is not the best month, by the way, like January and February is a really good month mm -hmm. to start it. And so it's a three month process. So you find out everyone do. And you send all these cards. It's a special card, a special color with a special message. I may have tested every color. The thing that most people don't realize, like we put return service requested on the mm -hmm. card. You wouldn't believe how many cards come back with the they've wrong moved. addresses because they've yeah. moved. So well, now you can, wrong. you can update that. And so that is very valuable, even for pre-appointment cards. Like you're saving time for people, but they move to another state. They move to Honolulu, Hawaii. You think they're going to keep that appointment? So it's being in control and having that prediction in advance, getting that card back. So when, with the reactivation project, you send the first batch in January, then February, then March, and you, you're going to get back 19%, anywhere from actually 10 to 19% without a phone call. They're going to call you, and you're going to be able to update all of your addresses and send out the cards, and it's, it's really huge. It's a great way to get people back in. I wouldn't do it in the fall or the summer. January is the best month. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, 
this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Michelle, how much time do you think we spend in our office working the overdue recall? Be honest. Currently? Yes. None. None. Okay. Let's go three months ago because we've had some changes in the Mm -hmm. last couple of months. Let's go three to nine months ago. How much time were we spending? Not much more One time. Hour? Yeah, I would say that. I know um, we did have the hygienist. They would print out the recall sheet. So they would go, if they had a break, they would call any patients they never that have were breaks. due. They don't. You don't yeah. want them to have breaks. Well, well, but exactly. even, but even if they do, even yeah. They never have breaks. And exactly. I'm not I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. No, but it's a reality. Right. And they shouldn't have Look, any I'll find breaks, any. Really. No, I'll find any number of things. To, like, I might actually clean a toilet before I go and have to call a patient, okay? <laughs> and I don't do manual labor, okay? Right, Michelle? I don't yes, do manual labor. True. So... Um, all right. And we've been, I will say, I think our focus has been more on treatment follow-up rather than actual patient recall. And that's, there's no reason for it. Um, I think the patient recall is something that we definitely need to utilize more. I've been starting to just look a few months ahead at our schedule. And I mean, we need to, we need to get ahead of it before we get to a lull in our schedule. But I think one thing that's really missing when you talk about recall and incomplete treatment or unscheduled treatment. They almost go hand in hand. They do, and it starts with most practices, they they fail to do a proper appointment wrap-up. Okay, so now you said a, a fancy word there, kind of, appointment wrap-up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you, gift wrapping something for them? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you start watching just before you implement it, start observing. Okay, you start observing how you're leaving the treatment room and what happens next. So there's a few things happening. So in some of the treatment rooms, the hygienist might, they might just start talking about going to the beach for vacation or putting mm-hmm. a pool in the backyard or, or what a color new you dog. Paint my, yeah, all these things. Right. And so or my honeymoon. And so everything that doctor said now drops out. So an appointment wrap up when it's a formal appointment wrap up, it becomes like the team knows, okay, we're going to leave the bib on because we all know what happens when the bib comes they off. They get up straight up out of the chair, right. ready to leave. <laughs> doctor, go, doctor does a check or do, finishes the treatment, whatever it is, leaves the operatory. Now what happens is very important so that if it's an assistant and the assistant, a doctor leaves, the assistant is going to leave the bib on and go over everything that was done that day. 
okay, yeah. and any post-op instructions. And now I'm going to bring you up front, and we're going to get you scheduled for the follow-up appointment. And we're so going to have a handoff there. Yes, and then, then she's going to take the patient, take the bib off, escort the patient. There should be no patients wandering around. That is and true. And now they're going to go and do a proper handoff. And the, with that proper handoff, leave the front desk. Don't stay and talk to the patient because if you, the technical person is staying up there, then it continues about the dog and the vacation. and the So now is the time with the handoff that that person you're handing off to is now taking control, collecting the money from that day, getting the next appointment and making sure the patient understands. So appointment wrap up is, it's pretty cool. It's very effective. All right. So I want to make a, a good point on the appointment wrap up. It, are we doing okay with that? We could do better. Observe do next week. Okay. Then you'll know. It's interesting. I would say we're suffering at everything, but yeah, we do pretty good. I think that that recipe is key. I mean, I think it's just like a mental checklist. I'm going to wrap it up with this patient. I'm going to hand it to Michelle, and Michelle knows where to go from there. It's just it, it just makes it quick. We went over the exact protocols, and I have it all in writing. So yeah. she's got that. Okay. But yes, as of right now, our handoffs are probably one of the better things that we're doing, yeah. but it could be a lot. It yeah. could be cleaner. It yeah. could be consistent. Mm -hmm. You know, that, and that's what I'd say. I would say the biggest fault for me is I don't have a lot of systems and things. I, I kind of trust people to do the right thing. Uh, I hope my information gets disseminated down and it probably doesn't. But I, I want to make another point to the appointment wrap up. Uh, the appointment wrap-up is very important because it sets the stage for the follow-up phone calls and whether your patient's feeling like you're trying to nab them or you're trying to, you know, you're trying to ambulance chase them or whatever it may be. So part of the appointment wrap-up should be, hey, Mrs. Jones, I know right now wasn't a good time for you to get this scheduled, but do expect a call from either Michelle or whoever it is in your front office that they'll be following, following up with you as a courtesy to just kind of make sure that we don't let you fall through the cracks on our end. Right. You know, something simple like that. Would yep. that be okay with that you, Sandy? That is good. And I think what happens is if you look at broken appointments, where do they start? They start in the treatment room when you first start talking about that next appointment. Right. If those questions aren't answered, if they have any questions and they don't understand why they need to come back, and that's why we talked today about using trigger words, you know, showing them the pus, the infection, saying words like rotten, cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, these, the, these patients don't know. They don't know what we know about dentistry. But it doesn't hurt. Well, if in fact, if a, tooth right. is, if a tooth is pussing, it's probably not hurting right. because it's, it's, it's leaking. Right. Right. I mean, the, the infection is going somewhere and it's not causing pain. So people go home. If they, have, if they were diagnosed with uh, some sort of operative work, they, they go home with a photograph. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in. We're good about that. Yeah, I heard that. So that's good. <laughs> and also those follow-up letters that you could send to patients and emails, could you could incorporate those photographs as well. And uh, I think that's important. But it all goes back to, like, why are they leaving without the appointment? So Henry Schein says that 38% of treatment plans are accepted. That's high. And, yeah, some people will tell me that they get 90%. And, and, too, and, too, and that's I don't not believe good. that's true. Well, it's not good. <laughs> well, I, I believe that all you're doing is diagnosing painful teeth or broken teeth. Right. You know, right, right. You know, so, I, you know, I look, I strive for 15% case acceptance. Yeah. You know, I, I tell people all the time, if I got 15% case acceptance, I wouldn't know what to do with 
with myself. Right, right. for your practice model. Yeah, I yeah, totally well, agree. We have, yeah. Well, any practice, the goal of any practice model should be give our patients a chance to say yes to the best. Yes. You know, no watches, tell them this is what's going on and doing all those things, That's right? right? Then then you only need 15 to 20%. If all you're doing is diagnosing what hurts, then you need an 80% case acceptance rate and then you should have right. an 80% case acceptance rate. Okay, so we've identified what it is. We've identified the statistics. Now let's talk through the action step. So my listeners want to say, Hey, okay, you got me. I'm interested. Walk me through not complicated because you talked about letters. You talked about, you know, emails. I'm talking about something that I can literally give my team members that will make an immediate impact or a good impact that doesn't involve like, I've got to retool my whole uh, uh, office to make yeah. it happen. What, what are some of the simple things that we can do? First off, number one, outflow. Okay. And they have to outflow. What is outflow? You outflow with emails, phone calls, all of these different ways that you reach out. Because if you just sit there and wait for something to happen, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you have to take action steps. You have to make sure your front office is manned up properly so that you have enough team members. I'm shocked at how many team members tell me that they don't make any calls out. So if you never reach out, how many appointments are you even going to make? All right, so let's let's let, let me defend devil's advocate, okay? Because I want to be a friend to my dentist friends, okay? okay. Um, I think that's a fault of not prioritizing and not blocking the time and forcing team members to do it. Uh, because I would tell my team that I think it's more important to follow up on recalls and follow up on treatment planning than doing some of the other things that we do. But we allow the mundane and the non-essential things to get in the way. So to me, we got to block a couple of hours. And you can't block 30 minutes at a time. It just doesn't work. The mind doesn't work that way. You got to block a solid two, three hours, once or twice per week for somebody to go into a private room with a master list of some sort or master software, whatever they use, and just start making these outflows. That's right. And uh, they have to, you want to pick the best person. So what I like to do is How do you know who's the best person? Well, I like to have them make the calls out and track who, you know, how many people they called, how many people actually picked up the phone, because then you soon learn, well, you know what, our phone numbers suck. We're not updating patient information. Nowadays, we need mobile numbers, right? Right. That's right. You better, and you better say, how can we reach you during the day? Yeah. You have to ask that to get the number. What's the number? Because nobody gives you the work number anymore. No, nobody gives you the. I don't give my cell number unless they maybe if I like them. So you have to say, <laughs> you have to say, Sandy, I have your cell you number. You do have my cell number. Yeah. But but if a doctor's <laughs> office asked and said, how we need to reach you during the day, I would probably give them the cell yeah. number. But right. normally I might not. I would, and I do it all the time. I just put a line through it. So. The people that are good on the phone, they're the ones that need to be calling. And you know what? The people that are confident on the phone, those are the ones that are usually the best. Because if you just have people randomly calling and they're not effective. uh, It's a waste. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you've kind of just lowered your chances of getting that patient in in the future. All right. let Let me put something to you and Michelle. Okay. I know what most dentists are thinking. They're like, I'm going to put my cheapest employee doing this. Okay. And, uh, that in our office would be Michelle. So just, just kidding. <laughs> just oh, kidding. Michelle. Poor Michelle. Um, what if look an average, like in my office, an average hygiene visit is worth a hundred bucks. 
okay? Uh, between the, the, the stupid MetLife fees, blah, 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 okay? <laughs> I would say that it would be worth me blocking off a two-hour block once a week for my hygienist to literally get in, the, get in there and call her own, his or her own patients because they will produce significantly more. Because how many calls can they legitimately make in one hour? 10, 15 calls? I think it depends. Yeah. But, but they should be able to make 10 or 15. Right. So I'm saying that's a without a doubt. That's a conservative number, right? I think so. So, so we could do 10 or 15 calls. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can do 30, 40 calls in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're bound to get four or five, six patients from that. Absolutely. You know, and hygienists are great to do this. Well, they have, they know their patients. They know the patients and especially following up with, uh, when diagnosed with perio and that kind of thing, and they can answer their questions. Absolutely. But, but I think, I think the onus for that falls on the doctor. Mm-hmm. The doctors don't want to let their team members leave that vaulted operatory because they think they're losing money. And the truth is, is sometimes being in the operatory is not the most best use of economically, the best use of time. Sometimes you have to build the business uh, more than just working on the business. Right. And then you, you also have, and I see this a lot, is that the, the dentist doesn't manage, okay? They, they don't know how to go and get with the team and say, look, guys, we need to implement this. We need to start outflowing these calls. We need to contact these patients. And then the front office, they don't follow through. They don't do it. And then the doctor just stops right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't, we don't want to avoid confrontation. Right. We want to avoid ruffling feathers. I mean, think about someone like me. I ruffle enough feathers. I was going to say, I've never ever heard you've been afraid to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, well, listen, you guys, I'm going to look, there are times where you guys are like, listen, you can't go to the team, this uh, a team member or this, like you've already given enough. You've already ruffled enough. Don't ruffle this part. Yeah. Right. And all that does is, is, is it makes me just go in my corner and say, screw it. And then, and then it goes back to like, okay, how's the doctor going to find out? So that's why we like to have the team members keep statistics and come to their to the t- monthly meeting and I made 67 calls this month doctor I, I spoke to 10 people and I scheduled two appointments <laughs> you know so people, well that wasn't worth it <laughs> no. so people will work really hard when they have to go to the meeting and report their numbers is my yeah. point well they're held accountable right now. yeah they'll make some extra calls how do how do I know because a long time ago I was that team member and we would do it we would hustle let's get five more to beat last month it sounds too simple Sandy and it, it's not hard. It's so easy. I will tell you, you know, I was saying that today to raise collections in a practice, 20% guys, it's so easy. Missed opportunities are everywhere in practices. It's- what, what have I been preaching, Michelle, at the office? I keep saying we need to see less patients mm-hmm. and we will do more revenue mm-hmm. I, over, over and over Every and day. over again. I, it's, I know it to be true. When you slow down, you have a small lull and then a massive ramp up right behind it. And it's just getting people to slow down, mm-hmm. you know? All right, Michelle, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yep. All right. <laughs> She's ready for it. <laughs> what do you think? Okay. So, okay. So here's, I know what the, I know what I'm thinking. So I know what the listen. what are you guys are thinking out there? Okay. You're like, all right, what Sandy says makes sense. I want to do it. I want to talk to my team members. Now, coach me through, what is it going to take to make this happen in our own office? What's the, what's the roadblocks? I would say our first one is just making sure everyone knows how to pull those reports. Okay. That would be Sound fair. fair. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And knowing and no learning, like yep. okay, what what's our situation? Where are we? That's where I like to start. Mm-hmm. Find out where you are. Now my go. my argument would be: Why do we have to pull reports? Don't we have software that spits those out for us? They still need to know how to use that. Okay, so that's fair. Yeah. So very see though these are things like I don't even like. That's like to me that's like minutia. Yeah. Right. I'm like, so I can see how some people like, well, he wants me to do it, but what the hell am I supposed to do? Just make up people to call out of my memory. Okay. So, so on a regular basis, we need to have some reports, Mm -hmm. whether they're manually done or automatedly done uh, for us to know who we need to call. Mm -hmm. What's going to be the next step for us? The next step I would say would, we need a designated, we need a, a designated person to take care of it. Okay. So we have to have somebody who takes ownership. Yes. Okay, that person doesn't have to make all the calls themselves, no. but that person is ultimately the buck stops here. Yes. Like it's my duty to wrangle my hygienist, wrangle my mm-hmm. front office, wrangle my assistant, wrangle the doctor, yep. wrangle my high school children. Whoever it is to make that <laughs> call. Wrangle Mary Beth Borginus, yep. uh, you know, whatever it is. But we right? need one person. So a single human being. Yes. Okay, who's that going to be in our office? I can't, but because I know what it is, is I always want to keep putting everything on you. Yep. Correct? Yeah. Because you see it in my yep, eyes, right? I do. <laughs> okay, I want to I say, who's that person? That's going to be you, right? But but there's some negative in that mm-hmm. because because at the end of the day, you only have so much bandwidth, correct? Yes. All right. So who's that person going to be? I would say it should be a hygienist because if we're, I mean, ultimately filling the hygiene schedule is going to help the whole practice. But at the end of the day, that's their schedule. Okay. If they want a productive schedule, if they want a full day, then they need to be proactive about it. I mean, I'm happy. The front office is happy to try and fill maybe um, any cancellations or any gaps, random gaps like that. But if the hygiene is taking ownership of their own schedule, that includes the recall. Okay. What do you think about that, Sandy? Well, I'm not a fan of that. Okay. So talk to that. And that's okay. But that's what we're here for. Talk me through that. I'm not a fan of that. I I think the hygienists have a different skill set. And I think that they're professionals and I want to see them busy doing what they can do because mm-hmm. I think that's the best thing for the practice. I would I would rather have the front office, someone assigned mm-hmm. to be that recall person uh, in charge of reactivation and they can focus have, on it. Does this person have to have a lot of experience, you think? Well, they can't be the person that the newest person. They can't be the high school part time person. They need they need to have good verbal skills. They need to be able to. Well, detect- no, I'm saying I'm, I'm I'm asking a different question, Sandy. I'm not saying this is the person that's going to be making the majority of the calls. I'm saying somebody that's in charge of making sure it gets done. Ah, uh, okay, that's the office manager. Okay, so that comes back to everybody. That comes back to putting everything on one person. Yes. Yeah. Well, in other words, you have you you know that certain things need to get done. You put people in charge of it, and then if you have management, then the management's making sure that the people below them are doing the job, Mm -hmm. so they verify. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, how does that make you feel, Michelle? I think that's perfectly reasonable. So just to keep stacking things on top of you. Well, I mean, I think someone needs. As the business director, I need to make sure that the business is flowing. I need to make sure that if I'm just overseeing that someone's getting it done, that's the easy part. I can keep that organized. I can keep the list if I need to. I think what I ultimately hope and want for our practice is for whoever's making the phone calls for that to be more fluid. If hygiene has a gap and they don't have a patient that we could fill that with, they could make calls. I agree. um, I I would go a step further and say that they got to make a minimum number. Because we know every month there's X number of hours of 
no appointments. Yes, we know so, that for So a if fact. we know that average, because we track that in our office. Yes. Okay, we track scheduled utilization. So we know, for example, uh, last month, Jesse had seven hours free for the month. Yes. The whole month, we had only seven hours free, which is a full solid day. So mm-hmm. I don't love that, okay? Uh, but uh, so that means, in my mind, uh, she should be able to make... Uh, Let's say four of those hours we could dedicate to that. And so she should be able to make 30 to 40 calls. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Sandy? I think that works. And I gave you today a recall and reactivation tally sheet that if you wanted to utilize that, you just let them know. You make mm-hmm. some copies. They could do a physical sheet where they, when they sit down and they make calls, they write tallies. And now you can track it. They just give it back to you. We like to put them in a notebook, mm-hmm. with a make a divider, a section for each person that would ever make a call out and just... They slip it in there, and you as the manager, every week it would not take over five minutes for you to look and mm-hmm. go with a glance see that they're actually doing it. Well, you can you can do it quickly by running your finger over the notebook and see if there's dust <laughs> like in the spot right yeah. in front of it. Well, how about this? Like the day I'm look, I, I went cuckoo in the office one day uh, because yeah. I said I was talking about <laughs> I was talking about recall and how important it was, and I asked a person at the time. I said, "Well, walk me through our recall system." And I said, you know, I know that we should have a book where we have a list. Um, how's that coming along? And the answer was, it's good. I'm like, all right, show me the book. Uh-oh. We still don't know where the book is. We, we, need, but we, need, we but, need a new book. <laughs> right, but, see, but that, that to me is, see, see, that's a simple level of accountability where I know now, okay, that you've given Michelle some kind of system, yep. okay? Now, we want to have a book. And my job is just to say, show me the book. Yep. Right. Okay. And I can literally in two seconds, I can look at that book by tell by the, the corners of the pages. If somebody's been looking at that and if there's like scribble yeah. inside of it. Right. right. Yep. But here's the thing. Mo- I don't, I can't even recall a practice ever that I walked into or that we worked with that had their recall process in writing so that it could be standardly followed mm-hmm. every single month. I mean, like, this is the process. You use Revenue Well, you use Yappy, whatever you use, you know when they, the patient's getting an email, when they're getting a text, what it says. People don't know that. They just know that they, they're using it, and they don't know what's being said. So, okay, that brings up a good point, okay? I'm not keeping you too long, am I? Of course I'm not. holding you hostage here not. because <laughs> I'm your ride. <laughs> so, um, and Michelle has a date tonight, so... Uh, Got to let her leave at some point in time. <laughs> but um, I believe in technology. But I, I think sometimes technology is our problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I think uh, as much, I love RevenueWell. Absolutely love RevenueWell and many of the products like it. Okay, We chose RevenueWell in our practice for many reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, I think sometimes it creates an out of sight, out of mind uh, I can't mentality. even believe you're saying this because I, I have watched, as you know, I've been keeping statistics before it was cool to keep stats. So I'll tell you that I have watched for about the last seven years, I'll say, decline in patient retention with the automation. That many offices, they just go, oh, well, we have that now. We're just going to forget about it. And there's little effort. I see it all the time, and that's where I, patient retention we'd see all the time at 83, 85%. Now we're seeing it at 39, 49. Because nobody owns it. That's right. There's some robot that You're owns exactly it. You're exactly correct. And there's, and so like there's got to be a human being 
owning the yes. robot. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's me. Right. <laughs> you need to have those services. You need to have it texting. Is. You need you the emails. Yeah. But you also need phone calls mm-hmm. and cards and you, mixing it up. We need accountability, basically. Yes. And right. I think Revenue Well, so I'm in charge of Revenue Well, and that's kind of been my baby for the last year being at the practice. And I I have actually gone through to see how many messages they get that's before. Good. Because we also get a lot of patients that are like, you send an airplane over my house to let me know that I have an appointment. So we've reduced some of them so they're not getting bombarded with them. But it's also a way to change the message. We add pictures of the team. We add pictures of yes. Bob, our new therapy dog. You know, we right. try quote, to cut, quote, quote, he's emotional support, okay. actually. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so that's, I will say, at least I, I feel like I've been trying to make it more customized to our office rather than just to, hey, you have an appointment next yeah, week. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. I think yeah. we've beaten uh, recall <laughs> yeah. pretty well. But yes, we that okay. the binder starts Monday. All right, so so it starts with a binder. Yep. Okay. It starts with a person that's going to be in charge and has accountability, yes. and then the doctor has to have some level of accountability too, and that's simply asking the question. Uh, at, well, it's asking two questions. The question is, uh, the I'll be like, hey Michelle, how's a recall looking? And you, the answer is going to be. Great. Good. Right. Oh, we're and doing, then the follow up. We're doing question, great. Right. And then the follow up. We shall go get the book. <laughs> well, but see, the, the accountability is not in the first question. Accountability is in the follow up question. And the follow up question is can you be more specific and show me what we're talking about here? And that's where real accountability starts. Yeah. And what you should do is a, a fun thing to do is like in the beginning of the month, you want to see how many people are due that month. And at the end of the month, see how many of those people came in. Mm-hmm. That's really quick. And you kind of get a number. So if we had 350 people do and you had 200 come in, ah. So something's working. So you, what you want to do is is get your binder, put the recall and reactivation sheet in there, mm-hmm. put the dividers, and then have the protocol so people know what to do. And mm-hmm. kind of just type it up. Like, what do you do? Find the list, make the call. Yeah. That's perfect. What do they do? What do you, do you guys have a system Without getting off into something else. Uh, like, please, uh, listen. What if I call uh, somebody? Listen, you know what? You a The best podcast would be literally you just asking me like all these questions because then it's free consulting. Yeah. Okay, so just keep asking all the questions. Are you kidding me? So what system were you about to ask well, me about? Well, I'm going to say uh, anybody that's listening has ever called a patient and asked for someone that passed away. It's very embarrassing. And people move and things happen. So you need a system for whenever this part of the recall process, Mm -hmm. whenever you're on the phone and somebody passed away or moved, that you have a way to report to the doctor that that happened, a card is sent, you know, a plant or whatever, and Mm -hmm. and you inactivate the account so that you don't keep calling and communicating with them. So you have to have that Mm -hmm. to catch that. And that we're pretty good about. Yeah. We immediately sign a card and get that sent out. And it's. Yeah, because that's no part domain. of that. Check. Yeah. yeah. We're, doing We're doing great. High five. We're doing awesome. good at something. <laughs> and look, I'm not trying to be tough. I'm a tough, I'm tough, okay? Because I expect, mm-hmm. I don't tolerate mediocrity. I don't want right. people like that around me, right. and I, I might as well quit if we're going to accept mediocrity because it's not that important to me. So uh, we want to excel. And I, 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 I always say this, we have great people around us. Mm-hmm. We're just lacking a little bit of leadership, and that is me. I got one foot in, one foot out on other things. I'm a little bit here and there because I can tell you my clinical systems 
like I'm that. I'm sure. Yeah. Like that. Uh, I no can doubt. say patient needs a filling. This is what we do. Patient needs a root canal. This is what we do. Patient needs, like, it's, it's, so, it's so lopsided. Back to the forgotten, you know, the neglected people. I have systems in place where my assistant and my hygienist, if you walked in and said, hey, I need it all on four, they could walk you through exactly what we need to do down to the T so that we know exactly what's going to happen step by step by step till you're done. Right. But I can't tell you how we do a recall system. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But that's common, isn't it? Oh, it's very common. The front office gets the least amount of attention. And we need to give them more. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Need some love. All right, Michelle, last couple of things on the spot. Okay. So I asked you today, what was one of the most important things that you learned from Sandy today? And you talked about team goal setting and accountability. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. Um, So during the course today, she meant, well, we started the course off with three goals that we wanted to achieve or we wanted to uh, learn in the class. What were your three goals? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) um i would say well so as i've recently just stepped into a new role Mm -hmm. um it's i hate to say it but it's been chaotic um you know like say it you know as you can tell from our conversation we don't necessarily have a lot of um procedures in place on how we handle really I mean, we're a great practice we treat our patients wonderfully but when it comes to recalls things like that we could do a lot better and that's that was a main thing that I was hoping to learn. I am very I'm process driven, so I need a checklist. And you have been wonderful about that today. So that's the book starts. Yes, Monday. I gave you guys <laughs> some wonderful checklists. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that that was kind of the main thing. Um, the second thing, let me think. I'll go with one. That's okay. good. All right. Because perfect. So, so we want to cre- because I've talked to you about this. Yes. We need to create some operating systems. It, there has and to be I don't organization. think they have to be written. I think you can just even just. No, you know, it, it needs to no, be No, you can be like videos even. You, you, you videos know. are cool. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Cool. You have to have something. documentation. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. need to create create videos so that people in the office Short know. videos for yeah. each one of those things. Yeah, so, some basic things. I mean, nobody's going to read. Who reads manuals? Yeah, you, you might just have it. You know, people, well, some people. I, we like do nerds read manuals. We okay. do both. Let's talk about unread emails. I'm in the process <laughs> of, of putting all these systems in videos. We have over 50 done. Mm-hmm. I hope to have 150 by December, and then I'm going to, it's called You Know the Drill. I'll be uh, letting there people you go. subscribe to it. Okay. All right. Perfect. So talk to us about goal setting and accountability on that. So I think that that's where it really pulls into the team the team building aspect of it. So it was really neat to have Tatiana and I go today. But what I also thought was very cool is that there were actually doctors, assistants, hygienists there. Mm -hmm. When it comes to what the front is doing, it correlates to the entire office. So I think by having the team, and this is going to be on Monday when I go, we have our morning huddle, I'm going to tell the thing or the team to write three things down, whether it's a personal growth in the office what they want their business growth, you know, things like that. Three goals that they have for their role, their place, the business, et cetera. And I think that that's where it ties everyone together. You're on the same page and it makes them excited. You know, Tatiana and I left today all jazzed up about, oh, we're going to go do this, this, and that on Monday. Well, two people out of the entire team are excited, you know? So that's where I think that's the best thing that I can do is to give back to the team is to pull them in. What are their goals? You know, we've had people that are transitioning to new roles. They have expectations or they have dreams for wherever their assisting career is going to take them. And, but if they don't tell us, how can we help them? Yeah. Yeah. Goals are great. So I always start every seminar off with, 
sharing what my goals are for the mm-hmm. day and then name three things what you'd like to learn or what's your goals when you thought about coming here what what did you want to learn so that really motivated her because I guess she felt like she mm-hmm. had a an opportunity to write them down mm-hmm. and that way when they achieve them they know they did they go oh yep. yeah I hit yeah. that goal okay yep. You know, I think, uh, Michelle, just speaking out loud, I think, you know, right now we do three things for our non-production goal. Mm -hmm. I think we should switch one of the things out for this recall calls. I agree. I think that would be a good thing to put into our Mm -hmm. non-production goal uh, for for you to know and for our listeners. So a lot of times offices focus so much on production, and I think there's some negatives to that. It's certainly important, okay? But uh, we break our additional earned income, the ability to earn money beyond your base pay, uh, into two areas. One is based on office collections, the real, you know, the right. real part of it. And the second one is I have a non-production area. And so what I do in my office, I'm not selling what people to do. I put $1,000 mm-hmm. in the pot uh, in, in green yeah, I mean, in gift cards, okay? <laughs> we put $1,000 in gift cards in the pot. And what we do is right now we set it up where it's based on Google reviews, mm-hmm. team Q&A videos, like FAQs. We do some videos mm-hmm. for the internet and patient testimonial videos, mm-hmm. okay? So right now those three things have been important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've been doing that. So they have to hit a certain number of those and then it unlocks that $1,000, Okay. So I, I call it free money. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's free money. Literally all you got to do is just open your mouth, ask people to do Google reviews, ask people to do a testimonial. And so I think what we should do is knock one of those out and set a number of recall, Mm -hmm. follow up recall phone calls Mm -hmm. that we need to do per month. Uh, to un- to make that unlock that part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that would be uh, helpful because we got to give fair. some kind of carrot and, and some kind of mm-hmm. accountability yeah. uh, to there. And, and, and certainly we should do that. Mm-hmm. I like it. Sandy, last question for you. And I try to end all podcasts with this. Okay. I call it the one big thing. Okay. okay? You've been doing this a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least 18 years that I've known you. Right. Okay. Um, if you were to look back and let's say you're talking to somebody that's one, two, three years into their career and they're, they're focused and they want to really accelerate the trajectory and really get somewhere from your perspective, what would be the one thing that if you told somebody to focus on and to do, what would be the one thing that would really help make sure that they give themselves the best opportunity to really succeed in our profession? I think find a mentor. And go to CE and learn all you can. And, um, but you've got to find somebody, that, the practice model that you really like. Because when you start taking advice, like mm. that Facebook advice, right. that's not always good advice. Mm-hmm. So you've got to find somebody that's doing it and, and don't just. Doing uh, it your do, way, doing what you want to do. That's right. And it can't be practice management of the month club. You know, it has to be, you have to stick to, to your goals and find that model and then learn all you can about how you can achieve that. Yeah. I, w- I want to go back to something we said at the very beginning to end. Okay. And, and I think it's fundamentally important. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we often make as owners of practices is we take a class and we check it off like it's done forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is today's class was in a, in a way it's pretty basic, right? Yes. It's yes. a recall system. That's right. It's a scheduling system. It's a mm-hmm. treatment plan follow-up. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, you know, you, you get what I'm right. saying, right? So like sometimes we'll check it off and do it once. I would argue that we should do it every year. 
Yeah. You know, we should revisit. There should be some, like, I think there's five or six core areas of a practice that you always revisit yeah. educationally mm-hmm. because you've got to get re-energized about something. Yeah. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to, got to make sure you, you got to know, you know it. Yeah. Okay. And things change. And get a refresher. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. things drop out, unfortunately. So we're going to have to have you back every year in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's a good place for you. You did pretty yeah. good. We got 36 people in there for you. Yeah, and, uh, full house. Full house. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, uh, I think that's important. Yeah. So again, I want to encourage everybody to attend Sandy's Scheduling Academy program. It's a one-day workshop. Uh, and Michelle, you would say it wasn't boring? I enjoyed it. Okay. And I'm it, ready for next year. Okay. <laughs> and um, you learned a lot. I did. Okay. And you saw people in there enjoying themselves. Sandy mm-hmm. did a good job. Absolutely. Relatively affordable. Okay. And uh, do it. What do you got to lose? And uh, so you, how many of these are you doing this year? I'm going to hold I'm This year the I'm actually doing more than I normally, normally I do two a year, but this okay. year I'm doing four. Four. Double. Yeah. Four. Because I've had so many people mm-hmm. ask for it. Um, you know, you know, Gina Dorfman, yeah. she has sent probably 10 people, yeah. 10 different times, you know, to, to it. And I uh, have a lot of people like that, that just keep sending people when you're going to have another one, I need you to have another one. And so that's what I do. That's what I like to do is train the teams and I give a ton of information. Yes. A ton. And you give it out. I mean, you got like checklists. Oh, yeah. there, there wasn't this whole sign up for my consulting business. No. That's how you I get never, this information. I never no, said that. Never, Not no. one time. But you probably didn't even know she has a consulting business necessarily. Well, right? I introduced to myself in the beginning that okay. I'm a consultant. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's what I do. No, but I that's okay. But that's your yeah. job. And so, you know? yeah. And so, but I also offer digital handouts so everybody can go mm-hmm. on and get the digital checklist and customize them for themselves. And the Manual was probably a 200 pages. Mm-hmm. Of, it is. And everybody got a set of flip charts that yep. you, they could put on their desk for confirmation and for a recall and reactivation. Yep. And then a packet with uh, verbal skills mm-hmm. and a lot of research that we've done mm-hmm. for patient objections and what works and what doesn't work. So this is not just scheduling. Oh, no. Oh, my I goodness. mean, I would almost argue that you should send two different team members next year. Okay. Well, I because would argue that we should send everybody. Well, th- yes, that's a better yeah. argument. But yeah. yes, she covers everything. Things yeah. that even the, the clinical team in the back should hear. Yeah, accountability, yes. communication. Yeah. All right. Sandy, I've always known you to be a phenomenal educator. You know, for, for listen, I met, I knew Sandy virtually <laughs> in 2001. Yeah. When Dental so Town was I'm like five thousand like people, years, seventeen, yeah. eighteen years, yeah. And uh, so she was just a friend, a, a friend online. That's right. And then when me and Samir started the townie meeting, we reached out to Sandy to to speak for us yeah. um, because it was a tight knit community, and uh, she's always been there for us. She's always gotten rave reviews from people, um, and and always been very free and sharing of your knowledge. And I want to commend you for that. I, yeah. I know you to be a stand up person. And uh, so I vouch for you. Okay, Thank I vouch you. you as a phenomenal so human being person. I love it. I love what I do. Yeah, Truly it's, love obvious. It. Yeah. it's obvious. It's mm-hmm. obvious. Sandy, thank you so much for taking time out of your day after speaking all day long. Yeah, it I was know it's great. tiring. Yes, no, thank you. No. I can talk all night. So this was fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back next week. And don't forget to leave us reviews, share on social media, send us questions and topics that you want to cover. And uh, let's make dentistry great again and build a wall. Just kidding. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. 
Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode. 